Welcome to another edition of the Radio Impound Podcast. This is the Mother's Day edition. Happy Mother's Day to all your moms out there. Absolutely. And Happy what better Mother's Day. Mother Day gift, a Mother's Day gift, than the Radio Impound Podcast episode? Yeah, you forward it to all the mothers. So, yeah, that's exactly what you guys can do. Forward it to your mother and say, there you go, there's your gift. A gift of gab. The post-Silver State edition. And I have the uh, the uh, Nitro Buggy up on the screen for all you uh, watching at home. For the audio listeners, uh, sorry. Well, they could queue it up and watch it, too. Yeah. There you go. Queue it up and watch along. Corey Jordan dropping in. If you ain't ripping, you're tripping. 100%. Left tire salute. I think that's uh, why... O-U-R-E. I think you need to put that in there, otherwise Kirby would be correcting you, Corey. If you ain't ripping, you are tripping. <laughs> Just put but hey, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's how you do it. So uh, check my audio level out there, guys. If you can't hear me, let me know. I'm trying out this new audio interface, so I'm not quite sure how it's going to come through. We did a test run on this, and uh, my audio wasn't the greatest, so... I'm hoping I tweaked a few things here and it works now. So let me know, Corey. Uh, Bill Collins says it sounds good. Great. There you go. Well, I have a voice for radio. Or wait, is that yeah. how it goes? Uh, no, you have a face for radio. <laughs> face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's that, hey, that's that's your famous. <laughs> that's your famous. I quote. forgot. It's been so long. Yeah. Yeah, we're watching here in the background is mm-hmm. uh, Silver State Pro Buggy. A main from Silver State is a 45 minute A main. We got Dakota here in the lead. Uh, it's early in the main here. So, okay. a big race. This is the largest RC event, I believe, of all time. What? Uh, of all time? I, I, I believe it had about 1,100 entries <clears throat> or so. <clears throat> there was over 1,000 entries here. <clears throat> there's been a couple thousand entry races now there there's one i believe at pmb i believe there was a thousand there then there was a thousand at silver state before and this i believe this is the third thousand entry race we've wow. had in rc and so what were those days like <laughs> you know as they talk as they talk about or as it's talked about online you know there's entries and then there's people because entries, yeah, how many classes are, are, right. are really how many classes an individual and at a race like this, <laughs> one person could run six classes, but and not many people do that, but um, yeah, so this, but yeah, there's still over I want to say there was like just under four hundred individual people, uh, which is a lot. And if you think of this as in a casino, uh, this is you know, normally used, this uh, facility that you're seeing here is usually a, uh, you know, for rodeos and ho- horse stuff and uh, whatever happens. But this, the South Point Casino, this place is massive. Uh, there's a gigantic bowling alley in this place. And every time we go there, it seems like, they're having a big bowling tournament 
along. Was Pete Weber with. there? No, we did not see. I, I would love that. Who do you think but, you are? I am. I am. I am. <laughs> I got the point right. I, I just came. I, I am. I yeah. Uh, that's an amazing. Who do you think you are? I am. That's an amazing. It's the best. That that actually happened. Uh, but so yeah, this big casino. Uh, it's really not like a big floor of a casino, but it's uh, there's a lot of room for activities like this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we 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 got this big, you know, because. Basically, what there's going on here is this this side where the track is. Yeah. Then there is where Hannah's videoing from here is actually like what you would consider like a small seating for spectators. Okay. They have about four, I don't know what it is, about four or five rows of seating. Um, and and then on the other side of that, there's a there's a flat, and then on the other side there is. There's some more seats over there, I believe, pointing the other direction because there's just as much room on the other side of the building as there is here. So the very first time I was there, they had a fifth scale track over there uh, that Joey put in, built inside there. And <laughs> what they're using it for now is the pits. They have a fifth scale track still, but the fifth scale's track now is outside. So they had about they had 100, 100 entries outside. So they had uh, fifth scale racing going on out there, hundred entries, had over a thousand entries on this side. So it was a busy, it was a busy place. Casino. Um, so so Corey's asking, was there a lot of spectators because of the fact that you know the casino's right there? Was people coming in and out? There is, uh, you know, and they they could probably do it even better uh, than it, you know, than they were, but. Uh, you know, they could set it up even better for spectators if they wanted to, but there was spectators. Actually, the way they did it this year where they ran the main at like a, uh, you know, the, the, the main events were more like in the afternoon, you know, between like two and five o'clock in that range. Right. And so there was still a lot of racers there. And the all the seating was really full to watch. So it actually was a pretty exciting uh, event because the way that where they ran the main events and the schedule was good for spectators and people watching online. And I mean, I'm not saying that there's thousands of people there watching. It's, you know, it's maybe a, I don't know, a couple hundred, but, <laughs> uh, but hey, that's, you know more than you could normally get so but this casino is pretty cool for this um, there's a whole not, like i said there's a big bowling thing there and usually there's always a big tournament going on at the same time we're there but honestly i think they didn't have the bowling tournament this year we went up there and looked at it once and it was like you know there's booths everywhere you know for the different manufacturers of bowling stuff and and then the bowling, you know, how many lanes, I don't even know how many lanes there are. There's, I don't know if I just had to guess, there's like 50 of them or something what? there. You know what I mean? Wow. It's a, it's huge. What, it's, what it's casino places. is this? 
It's called the South Point Hotel and Casino. Okay. And it's really known for bowling. Hmm. Uh, they have a lot of bowling events. And then they have a lot of these rodeo and horse uh, type events. And that's why they have a lot of the space uh, for it. And I think they do extremely well with, with – that's kind of their, their niche, their niche. How would you say it? Niche. 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 Um, that's kind of their niche. That's uh, kind of their niche. There's, there's kind of a – there's a, a, a few levels. So there's a lot to do. There is. There's a hmm. lot of space there. Thank you, Matt. Always on the cutting edge of fashion. Yep. Uh, John checks in and says, what's the difference between praying in church and at the track? Oh, no. Waiting for the punchline now. And, uh, yep. John, by the way, this hat was gifted to me by John years ago. There you go. And John is a great guy. He stopped by our shop. It might have been about a year ago now. Um, still got the RC-10. Got that up on my shelf still. Um, so, The question I have is, does Stick It One, because this hat came from there, do they still make these hats? Because the hats are awesome. I I don't know. I, I'm sure they do. I don't, see, I don't see it on their site. I've been looking. So, hmm, Okay. I, I would assume that they did, but maybe not. Oh, here we go. So what's the, so John says, what's the difference between praying in church and at the track? And the punchline to that is, at the track, you really mean it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good one. Probably a, uh, that's probably an old horse track joke. Right. Okay, so you can do gambling there. Did you lose any money at all? Did you... Uh, let's see. I You're think, not much of a gambler, are you? No. I didn't even get to – usually, like, if I play, and you know, because Allison came out, too, and usually if we play, we do a little roulette because you just sit there and pick numbers, and I put a – I just keep putting more money on red 23. Right. Oh, um, but I uh, didn't get to do that this time, but – the the girls Allison was with they liked playing um, craps, and I went and stood by their table once, and they started winning, and they wouldn't let me leave because I now I was the lucky <laughs> token. So I just stayed there uh, for about an hour and a half. I had to have my hand in the same position because that was when that was lucky. So I think the girls, I think the girls. Uh, there, I think they all were up seven hundred and fifty dollars each. Wow! And and then I was allowed to leave. So <laughs> did you get your cut but of that? <laughs> I did not. I did not what? get. I did not get a cut. Oh man! But that was the. I think I put. I think I put twenty or forty dollars into a uh, slot machine, and that was, you know, as it is normally for me, a waste. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about you know eight eight to nine minutes of uh, hitting buttons, and then you're 
Done. Lost four to forty dollars. So <laughs> works well for them. Right. Yeah. It's a good little. Uh, it's a good little gig they got. So yeah, massive race. Uh, track. You know they they have to try to keep it a little on the wet side because that Vegas dirt is so dusty and nasty when it's dry that the casino wants them to keep it a little wet. So they're always putting some water down. You can see in this race going on in the video, you can see the wet parts where they're, you know, keeping it wet. If you look in the Island areas, like near where, uh, Hannah's videoing from, you can see how dry it is there. Hmm. Uh, but I think, I think most drivers really like this track. They like the slight wet, uh, consistency of the surface uh, here it's bumpy but not crazy bumpy as it's been a few times when they've ran the finals uh, here it's bumpy but not out of control like you can see coming through this section where they are coming back towards the driver's stand there's some popping and uh, going on there but breaking bumps so and they they actually uh, Anthony Westergaard I believe was redoing the track every night. He would go and drag it and pack it back down. So every day kind of started fresh. So it wasn't continually just abused over you know a four day period. It kind of started fresh every day. And the racers seem to like it. I I don't see any reason why they won't get about the same turnout next year. Maybe even more. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to run a race with that many entries for for so long because you can you I mean you can only run so late each day, and they did a pretty good job handling it. Uh, we weren't we were kind of done at you know some things were pretty reasonable, or some hours were pretty reasonable. Uh, So I, I thought I thought it was a good race overall. Uh, what can what a tendency to happen at these races is people do get sick quite a bit. Um, well, I know, I know somebody that got sick. Yeah, I always get sick at these races. <laughs> now, at the race or when you came home? Uh, I could feel it kind of towards Uh-oh. the end of the race, but. Uh, but there's just so many people. Um, if you're staying in that area where the track is constantly, you know, they try to keep the dust down, but it's still dusty. And then the, obviously the fumes from the cars. So it, it's, uh, it's a long call. Silver state it, 23 flu. Yeah. It's like the chili bowl. Chili for me, Puxatani I think I'm. What did I tell you? I was. I was. I'm. I'm three out of four going to Chili Bowl. I believe three out of four times I've been, I've gotten sick. Um, you didn't. You didn't get sick this year, though. I did. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, you were laid up for a while. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but yeah. It's almost exactly the same thing I got here in Silver State. It's the same type of symptoms and hmm. um COVID but, negative though yeah I, I did a test afterwards and said negative um, 
Although I've had COVID twice, so <clears throat> I would be on uh, I'd be on a third time if it was COVID. So yeah, three for me. You've had it three times. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, actually two because the first one was the Puxitani Puxitani virus. Ah, uh, okay. Whatever that is. Well, I'm I'm counting that as um, as COVID because uh, that was right when it was just coming around and everybody was like, ah, it's over in China. But I got so sick that time I drove myself to the ER, which I never go to the doctors for anything. <laughs> and uh, and they're like, well, we can't test for it, but uh, man, maybe you have it. We don't know because that's when they didn't have test kits. So, so if you have the Puxitani, does that um... the Puxitani virus? Yeah, if you had that, um, does that that little uh, does the little rodent come out of the box? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You mean the groundhog? Yeah, the groundhog. <laughs> the little rodent. <laughs> Whatever it is. Oh man! You have to see the groundhog. Well, you take a test, and then he pops up out of the uh, yeah out of the test strip. Sorry, two more weeks of uh, two more weeks of being sick. Two more weeks of being sick. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, whole, man. the whole getting sick thing, <laughs> just with the whole, you know, the COVID thing starting and then just getting sick is just yeah. Stuff. John's saying all you got to do is drink beer. No, well, cure it. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. <clears throat> uh, Nick's saying proto-COVID. You know, when, I mean, I remember back in uh, in the early days uh, <laughs> of, I'm sorry, the early 2000s, when we used to go out every weekend, go to all these clubs and bars and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was sick all the time then, too. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know how those old clubs and bars are. It's like, you know, there's people, you know, there's, you know, it's tons of people all the time. And back, you know, you don't know what you're, I mean, you turn the lights on in those kind of places and you'd be scared, right? <laughs> the Excalibur in Chicago. There you go. What it actually looks like, I'm sure with the lights on is horrible. <laughs> but, you know, they turn the lights off and you got all these special you know, you got the special, uh, you know, lighting that they would do um, for clubs, and but you know, yeah, those you can't places see shit. Are, those yeah. places are a mess, right? Um, so, but yeah, then I went for you know not doing that that much anymore. Um, that'd be went quite a you know had a really good run, not getting very ill or sick, and uh, but. Some of these indoor races get me. Uh, Zach Ryan's checking in, and he's saying, are the Yanks going to get some revenge and head to Europe? I don't think so, as far as I know. Unless there's a Worlds over there, I don't really see... um, I don't really see any of the guys going over uh, in the near future, I guess unless they decide to go over and try to run that the e the e buggy worlds world cup um so 
I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what's, what's going to happen. Basically, Zach's referring to, you know, Marco Barofalo won the Silver State. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's from Italy, so he's talking about if I've heard of any uh, Americans heading back that way to do any races over there, but <clears throat> I think they just had a race over the weekend called the IBC International Buggy Championship. Hmm. Uh, I saw that Juan Carlos Canas won that one. Uh, I didn't really get to see much of the action uh, during the finals or whatever happened there, but you know what I see uh, in the videos leading up to that. Uh, I mean that. Uh, I love those kind of tracks because I'm a 10 scale racer, I guess. So that track over there is, it's like a 10 scale, eight scale track, basically. That's perfectly smooth, perfectly high grip. All that stuff looks super manicured, but it's an eight scale race. So, uh, yeah, Juan Carlos Canas won that. Who's a total badass. He got third at the world's. Uh, in Spain, and at this race, I didn't see where Ronafalk finished. I forgot about that he was there. But you know, the top well, top three at the world was Ongaro, Ronafalk, Juan Carlos Canas, Mayfield got fourth, and uh, I can't remember who got fifth now because Dakota flamed out right at the end oh, or ran out of gas. I can't remember what it was. I think he, he blew a plug, that's what it was. Mm. Um, but Dakota at the worlds in Spain was in the main was hauling ass and he actually was catching up to everybody after a little bit of a poor start. And I think Dakota was probably in line to maybe be second or third there and blew that plug. And, uh, but, um, I don't know what the next race everybody will all get together at. We'll probably be have to. I've heard several drivers talk about wanting to go to AMS, which is the Alabama Manufacturers Shootout. Uh, I heard of uh, Angaro told me that he was considering going there. Uh, who else was just telling me they were considering going? I believe the hot race guys, maybe they were telling me. They were considering going there this year. Uh, traditionally, the European racers don't like the races we have here with like a thousand entries. They just think it's stupid. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, they want like a less classes. I mean, I'm not saying that it's not, but uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, the days are really long. Yeah, they just want well, something simple. Well, at a race like this, maybe we, a couple you know, classes. Our our system is a lot of classes, a lot of entries. Uh, track gets built uh, for that weekend, and then it's torn down. That's kind of the races we have here. Their races are traditionally on tracks where that have been in before, and they take and they have less, way less classes. Uh, I mean, I mean, they might even be down to two classes. I think that's all they had at that IBC. I mean, they call it a buggy championship, so there's no definitely truggy. 
so, you know, they don't have you know, 40 plus, 50 plus sportsmen expert pro, you know, they don't have all these classes. Um, so, you know, in general, they have a little more streamlined of an event, less entries and a little more, perf- I guess you could say a little more of a professional um, world class feel. Um, whereas this is, you know, our races are set up a little differently. And honestly, as a racer, I think I would prefer if I was just racing and I didn't care about, and I didn't care about the company stuff or had a company or any of that, I would totally prefer that too. The smaller, less entry, more concentration on, you know, uh, one or two, two classes, but you know, for the for the industry, it's nice to be able to have all these classes because um, we make truggies, we make e buggies, we make e truggies. So having places for them to race is is critical um, to the to the industry and the market. And you know, if you're um, using this these products, uh, it's nice. So we're watching here in the background. We got still this pro buggy main going on and see Hannah appears to be following uh Philong Wynn here, who was kind of our superstar in the main him and uh, Mason Fuller. They were, uh, they got second and third for us and Dakota TQ'd and was leading and uh, flamed out in the pits, I believe, or ran out of gas. Um, there doesn't seem to be a super solid answer on it. Uh, they said there's f- fuel in the tank when they restarted them. Uh, some people just said it to them. It looked like he ran out of fuel. I don't really know. But anyway, it allowed Marco Baraflo a uh, nice path into the lead. And I talked to him after the race. I said, man, I don't remember you crashing that much in the whole main. And he said that, he thinks he had one mistake and he missed the double jump twice. That was, he said, those were all of his mistakes. Uh, so he ran the best race for sure. Uh, 45 minutes on this track, one mistake, uh, rolling a jump twice. That's going to get it done for most of these events. So, but the, kind of the unsung hero or the, um, uh, the 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 talk of this race was a Felong here who um, we're watching in the background. Uh, he runs for HB Racing and J Concepts. Uh, this kid is coming on strong. I mean, he's I think he's eleven years old. And you're watching the, you know, you're watching him drive the car, and he's doing well. <laughs> of course, you know everybody's commenting on everything, you know, after the race that, oh, you know, you'll be a world champion soon, and you know, it's just, oh, man, dude, he's off, <laughs> he's off the kid a little bit. Yeah, really. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, I, I don't like when people say that. It, it's nice to think that. But to say that is just sometimes is 
it's just so much has to be done before you get in that position. And it's just a lot of pressure to think about. But if he continues driving like this, he's going to win some races. There's no doubt about it. And he qualified well in all the classes. It's not like this was just kind of a, a, a one-run thing. He he qualified well and did well. He, he falls off the track right here. This pr- probably cost him the win right there, actually. Because he was really close to Marco in this race. I think he only finished like nine seconds back or something. And... He definitely had more mistakes than Marco. If you look at his lap times, he was actually a little faster, which is impressive. Um, but, yeah, you know, we did some things at this race that were pretty good. Um, it was a little disappointing not winning this main, but as they say, you can't win them all. But we definitely got uh, some great performances from Fee Long and then Mason Fuller and then Obviously, Dakota recovering after a poor start or or a flame out in the pits or running out of fuel. And and he still did pretty well. And then Spencer Rivkin, who this was probably his best overall eight-scale race that he's had. I don't know in a long time or if ever, because a lot of the guys are running four classes now. You you run e-buggy, nitro-buggy e-truggy and nitro truggy so a lot of the pros now are run four classes at this event and i think if if you did a total of uh the points for everybody spencer would have been right um definitely right in the running for best overall in four classes probably him or mason fuller probably the two uh, in, in terms of four classes all the way around so um you know, Mayfield's running four classes at this event. Uh, he won Truggy, which was a, was pretty cool. Um, he got the big win at Nitro Challenge earlier in the year in Pro Buggy uh, with the Techno. Uh, that was a big win for him. And then uh, here is his first big win with the Truggy. So now he uh, he needs a buggy e-buggy win, and he'll kind of have a big mm-hmm. win with each each one of the vehicles and I think that's what he's going for. Um, <clears throat> he usually is very amazing at the Roar Nationals in e-buggy, so we'll see if he can kind of uh, put it together there. But um, been, it's been a it's it hasn't been super easy for him this year so far. He has won some races, but he had such a good you know last two years, two and a half years, where he won practically everything. Um, it's going to be, be no matter what car, no matter who's the driver, it's hard to replicate that. But that's the standard, you know, for him is, oh, he was winning everything. Uh, but but he's still getting some wins here. So uh, making the Technos talk, as we got Felon going on here, is just catching this guy in front of him again. Oh, right here, <laughs> or, yeah. We're 32 minutes in. Uh, it's a little hard for me to see, but... Are you on your phone? Or did you get your laptop hooked up? No, no, this is my phone. Oh. Yeah, so it's a little hard for me to see this, but... Whoever is in front of me is definitely catching him again. It might be Marco. 
So something happens here. Coming on the front straight. Oh, he's coming into the pits. That's what it was. Uh, Matt saying back to Gotti's glasses. I feel like I, I feel like I could see the future wearing those glasses. I need them. Hashtag Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, you can get them on eBay or Amazon. Just search for Horus H O R U S X gaming Hor- glasses. Horus X. Horus X gaming. Yep. Hmm. They filter out the blue light. You know, another way that you could filter out the blue light. Uh, no, I don't, Jason. What do you tell me? Tyler Hooks checking in. Uh, Tyler's saying, uh, would we... <laughs> Jason, race on this year's eight-scale national track or too rough? Is the track too rough, Jason? I I would probably race on that track. Yeah, this year is at uh, Chico, uh, A-Main Hobbies track. Oh, okay. Northern California. And yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, we've been there before where it's been super smooth. Uh, we've pretty much seen every condition. When they ran 10 scale at the Worlds there, the track was actually treated. Uh, I can't remember if they sugared it or what they did back then. But, um, yeah, for 10 scale, it was totally smooth and high grip. Then they went to the 8 scale race. They kind of let it naturally blue groove, and that worked out pretty well. Then we ran an E-Nationals there where they watered it. And I would say that was um, was a pretty good system. So we've seen it all there. But, yeah, I definitely, for racing, I prefer the smoother tracks. I just, to me, when they're all rough and blown out, like I'm just like not wanting to pull the trigger and the, and the bumps. Like a lot of these guys just kind of pull the trigger and they just react to what's happening. Whereas I'm like, you know, I like to kind of know what's going on. Yeah, that's weird. Like, especially from old, you come from the old school. You think you would like rough, bumpy tracks. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, when we were racing 10 scale, they, you know, outdoors and, and wet, they really weren't all that bumpy. You know, they were a little bit, but not that much. Um, but, I mean, some of these eight-scale tracks, and it, it's hard to tell on this. This is actually pretty bumpy here, but it's hard to see it. Uh, there's some that are nasty, nasty, bumpy. Like, you have zero, like, I mean, this, the tracks where you're just not even, uh, many races where Mayfield's one where he's not driving the race line at all anymore. He's, like, driving all the oddball lines because everything is so blown out. And that's where he's won a lot of races, actually, being uh, good in those conditions. So, well, that's why he's won a lot of races, because he's really kind of good in all the conditions. So that's kind of the kind of the difference. But 
Uh, Matt saying, Jason, any chance you'd think about recreating classic vintage tires like the low C4 row or the low C X pattern? Are these tires copyrighted? No, they could be made again. I mean, there's nothing really, um, you know, about them. You know, we actually have a couple, um, trying to think of the two tires. Yeah. I'm trying to think we have a couple new tires coming out that are for vintage cars. Um, we call one, uh, a taper spike. And then the other one's a pin spike, I think, but they're modeled after old Yokomo tires. The actual, the tires that Masami ran in 91 at the 91 worlds in Detroit, uh, when he was running pin front tires and pin rear tires, on the Lomi track, we we kind of uh, designed some pins based off of that on a smaller carcass for a little smaller wheel. And we'll see those. We'll probably release those in the next week or so. Uh, but it's those are kind of like, there's Phelan going for a, that was a real costly crash there at the end. But the race was kind of over at that point. But uh so yeah, these vintage looking tires will be coming out in the next week or so, I think. But they're for 1.9 and 1.7 inch wheels. <clears throat> and we wow. took a picture of them on the car uh, that I have. They look really, really cool. <laughs> uh, honestly, I have sort of this uh, this picture or this um, kind of this vision of this uh my example, if I was to be able to go back in time and run a race. Oh, you need these glasses. Go back in time. <laughs> we could. Uh, but I was allowed to bring back certain J concepts items. So it's kind of like a little concept of our own. Like, it's like, okay, I could go back in time, but I could bring a J concepts body, wing, wheels, and tires. And <laughs> that's kind of how this car is outfitted. But it's kind of along the lines of what he's saying. But, yeah, you could make a four-row or an X pattern. The problem is they really – the four-row, those two tires really wouldn't work that great. Uh, the four-row, you could probably make work pretty good with the softer compounds, the X patterns. Uh, you know, everybody used to run the X patterns cut down. You know, you would take the the way they Losi made them, and then you'd cut them in half. You'd cut all the spikes in half. He cut the big X in half right. in the center. And that's how, I mean, the first time I went to California to race and I went with Brian Kinwald and J.D. Beckwith to, uh, well, first I went to, it was J.D. Beckwith's home track in Northern California called, uh, why can't I remember the name of it? Anyway, Hobby something, uh, Hobby Haven, that was the name of it. Uh, went there and ran with JD and they were, that's where we were running low C uh, four rib fronts. And then we ran X pattern rears and we'd cut the rears, uh, you know, in half is that's how we raced them. And then when we went, we drove down, I can't believe we did this, but we drove like seven hours to go. They used to call it LA, but you're going to orange County where RCHR was the super famous RCHR is the only time I raced there. And we went there and we raced with Kinwald. Uh, this was a time where this would have been like 92, 1992. 
and one of the coolest track layouts I'd ever seen. Everything was a tabletop, which was amazing. Uh, I've never seen it done uh, anywhere else. I mean, you can see this track's all doubles and um, but they made everything tabletops. It was the coolest thing that I everything seen. every jump. Everything was like a tabletop. So wow. It just had a really cool look. It was really, uh, they were all really <clears throat> rhythm based layout. So, yeah, went there, ran uh, the X patterns on the back, cut in half. I, what Kidmull used to do there is you'd start the night with X patterns cut in half. Then, before the main, he'd cut that in half. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, so it, as the track got, because they used to work on the tracks like all the time there. So, and they would get harder and they would get uh, looser. So at, when you started the the night or started the, the racing, the track always had more, more grip. And so what Brian would do is he would keep cutting his pins in half. Uh, so before the mains, he would always cut one more time. So those X patterns were so much smaller pin height. Uh, by the time they're racing or we were racing in the mains compared to when they came out of the package and, but very neat tires. They called them those, uh, whatever it was, the cushion sidewalls. I forget what they called them. Um, really kind of a neat look. It'd be kind of fun to go back and do some of that old stuff. If we had more, uh, backyard or dirt, off-road racing for 10 scale but there just doesn't there is some of it but there's just the majority of it now is not doing that so four rows we used all the time in savannah when we go to savannah georgia to race man we ran those four rows all the time uh, they'd run them at lake park uh, also low c four rows and then uh, they're small tires. Man, those things are small. Real narrow. Um, Nick's saying, bring back the blue dirt spec tires. Man, those, those things are awesome. horrible. They looked awesome. <laughs> they worked horrible, though. Like, that really? rubber, the rubber was so, like, didn't work very good. Was I it, like, they ran, hard as a brick? You know, they were hard, but... But it wasn't that bad. It's just the formulation of the To the make material. it blue screwed everything up, right? I think it screwed a lot of things up. So, yeah. Oh, uh, they smelled horrible too, Nick's saying. They did. <laughs> they were. Uh, I actually, um, I have some, you know, because they only really made like two tread patterns. They had made a front and a rear because they're for spec racing. But I got a bunch of them. I have like I have like BK bars like X two thousands. They had a tire called T two thousands. I got a bunch of tires that are blue. Uh, I think they're here at the house. I could go get them um, and show them. But yeah, I've I've had these things for well about twenty years now. Wow. Um, <laughs> sitting in a sitting in a bag and because I think what happened was, is when they showed Kinwald the blue tires, he's like, Oh, I got to have those in like BK bars and everything else because mm -hmm. 
he wanted him to work. He wanted to go race and win races with blue tires. That was like his goal, <laughs> but he could never get them because he loved blue. Right. So right. he always thought I want to win a race with blue tires, but they never quite worked as well. So I wonder if you, uh, with today's technology, bring them back. Maybe, um, maybe they would work. Yeah. Maybe if we did some work on it and, you know, could get it to, to work right. But they maybe make them smell better too. Um, people Matt saying it. what <laughs> Matt saying, uh, what were, uh, the good tires at this race? Uh, what kind of tire prep was needed for silver state? Uh, well, we started off with our new recon tire when the track was wet. Um, we went into reflexes. What else did we run? Oh, the cosmos. That was probably one of the more successful or like stable tires was the cosmos. Um, and then we tried a couple new tires that we haven't come out with yet. We had, um, Dakota did a little, um, his last qualifier was with a tire we had never shown before. He just went and ran it in the last round and TQ'd it. Or Hannah showing the end of the video here. We got Marco Barofalo winning, and then, of course, Filong second and uh, Mason Fuller third. But, yeah, so that, that was the kind of the the combination of, of tires uh, in the end. The, the one that was surprising that caught everybody off guard was uh, we started running triple Ds. That was uh, a tire we don't use that often, but it started getting some use in, in truck, in the truck class. And then it kind of trickled over to buggy and we had a lot of good races in buggy, a lot of good racers and a lot of good finishes with the triple Ds there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that's what Dakota won e-buggy with. He won with triple Ds. I'm trying to think of the top three, because we had the top three in that class. I got a nice picture of it, but I can't remember. Mason might have ran Cosmos. Spencer, I think, was on triple Ds. I can't remember if it was all three. Cosmo but... Kramer. <laughs> so... And then Mayfield ran triple D's in truck. He won him. He won the truck class with him. So our most successful tire of the weekend was triple D's. Uh, John saying, how are the team drivers liking the RC eight before E? I think it's worked really well for him. Uh, according to the people that I talked to, the sales have been really good on the vehicle the performance has been good um, you know spencer just got second at this race his car was every good as anyone else's if not i mean spencer probably had of all four of his vehicles he probably had some of the best cars out there uh at silver state i, I wouldn't be surprised if two or three of his classes, he had the best car in the class. So, um, I think that the new e buggy has been working really well. Uh, they kind of got that new, uh, the weight, 
uh, the way they got the saddle packs in the car working pretty well. And so I think it's a nice car. electric buggy here but and this is uh i believe uh oh, and, oh, hannah runs it out here so dakota tq spencer second it was mason fuller third yeah mason fuller third that's actually how they finish in this race so Ty testman fourth Long fifth there he is again brandon rose sixth seventh ryan mayfield Eighth, Ryan Lutz. Ryan Lutz had a great weekend. Seth Van Dalen, ninth. Tenth, Jared Tebow. Eleventh, Birkin Killick. Twelfth, Ryan Cavallari. Thirteenth, Joe Bornhorst. Fourteenth, Yao Figueredo. Fifteenth, Frankie Contreras Jr., who's coming on, is doing a good job. And then Tater Sontag, sixteenth. So that's how they started. Sixteen cars in the main. You can see him going here. Um, I mean, when you're racing right there in the middle of the track, you could see there's five. I mean, there's times there's five, six cars in one section of the track. That's pretty tough. Uh, Dustin Spallone saying the B4E is dialed, uh, for a noob, for an eight scale noob like Dustin, it's pretty nice to drive. And they are getting a lot better. And I think the truth is the e-buggies in general are becoming, you know, one of the biggest classes. I mean, on the East coast, the big East coast eight scale races, the E class, I think, is actually the biggest. <clears throat> now, they used to call these races nitro races, like this race, for instance, used to be called the Silver State Nitro Challenge, but you can't really call it that anymore because over half the entries are electric. So now it's got to be the Silver State Indoor Championships because oh, it's. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. They've changed the name of this race several times. So electric is uh, coming on. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. In eight scale. Yeah. Really? The, electri the electrical is just doing is just so good now. But was yeah, I was going to say it was the opposite a few years ago, right? I mean, yeah, several years back it was just, I mean, we're talking quite a ways now, but um, it just the electrical is getting so good and the cars are so nice that everyone just loves it. Uh, Nick's Nick is asking, how was the new Agama buggy looking there? There wasn't one at this race. Uh, the only one we've seen so far is Tyler Jones. Was he at PMB? I think he raced PMB with it. And I don't think he was in the main, I don't think he made the A main uh, with it. I don't know that that's indicative of how good the car was, but 
I think he had a little bit of a rough weekend there, and he was in contention to be in the main. But, uh, I mean, personally, I love the way the car looks. Uh, I think I was talking about it before when we were at the Worlds in Spain. I kind of forgot Lee Martin was even there on several occasions, and he was running the car. And I walked up to watch one of the mains, and I was like, what car is this? This thing looks badass on the track. And I was like, oh, this is Lee Martin with the with the Gamma. And I liked just visually looking at it while it was running around. I, I really liked the look of it. Uh, kind of made me want one. Hmm. It's a lay down shock car is what, you know, is what he's talking about here. Oh, okay. Well, we always like those. Yeah, so Schumacher. it's pretty neat. It just hasn't Predator. completely came out yet. I think Tyler Jones and maybe one or two other people are like the only ones that have them in America. Oh, okay. So it's not. Yeah, it's not actually out for retail sale, I guess. This e-buggy race really between Dakota and Spencer really went to the wire here. I mean, Spencer ran extremely well at this race. I, I was a little disappointed for him that he didn't have a podium in in Nitro Buggy because he was really running that well all weekend. He he, he should have been in there battling, uh, I think, for the win. But sometimes things just – like he actually took the lead right here. And Dakota's hauling ass. He does catch up to him, but they have a little bump, but I don't think they were mad at each other. Yeah, John's saying that's a big class. It is. And even E-Truggy's coming a long ways. I ran that for the first time it was probably over 10 years ago. I ran the Southern Nationals. And at the time, I remember thinking, this thing's amazing. I'm like, I can't see why this won't be just as just as popular, if not more popular than Nitro Truggy at some point. And now the electrical's so good. So you can see Dakota kind of catching back up to Spencer here. But, I mean, the track is, you make one little bobble, I mean, you get a lot of track distance back. I really like the elevation sections here at Silver yeah, State that there, come, yep. yeah, coming down that hill. That was really neat. You go back up here again. Uh, this was a. Nope, that would be me right there. <laughs> so you can see <laughs> Spencer trying to get around that rut there in front. Uh, look, Dakota's all over him. I think this is kind of where they touch. It's kind of a ways away from me when I was watching this. I couldn't really figure out. Oh, yes. We like that. There we go. They got together there. Definitely like that, Jason. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the uh, RC devil. Coming he down from... When, huh? He likes when there's takeouts. Oh, he loves when there's takeouts. Definitely loves it. You know, Spencer was, was okay with how this... Uh, I don't think he was upset at Dakota, um, the way it all kind of happened there. So, 
I mean, I think this is Mason Fuller all over him now. Or Mason, that's he made a mistake there. Yeah, so that race was actually really, really tight between the three of them. Yes, Jason, I, I love when RC racers take each other out. It brings me much enjoyment. Sounds like the bad guy in what, what Ghostbusters was it? I love when there's a lot of drama and, and racers fighting. I like when they fight with each other. <laughs> All right, back to guy. All right, thank you. Oh, thanks. Uh, which Ghostbusters were the guy, the, 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 the guy in the painting? Oh, you know yeah, I, I forget. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, they had like a, there was a pretty nasty voice for him in that, <laughs> in that movie. It sounded a lot like that. Jason, don't you uh, like fights when racers fighting with each other? It's very rare that you see an actual fight. When they throw uh, like their controller at each other or something like that, that'd be fun. There needs to be more drama in RC. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Jason? You know who I used to race for, Jason? Definitely Trinity. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Ernie Pervetti. Team Trinity Unstoppable. All right, back to Donnie. All right. Well, thank you. We were unstoppable back then. Yeah, definitely. Had a good little run there. I mean, to be honest, they've been unstoppable for a long time in uh, some of the motor. Yeah, Zool. Uh, John. <laughs> that's what it is no Dana only Zool <laughs> right mm, Jason Santos saying Vigo that might be it too the guy in the, yeah well Zool was from the first one right and then um, Vigo might be the one that was in the painting I don't remember You, uh, uh, I'm back again. Uh, you know what Ernie Pervetti used to always say to me? I, I do not. If you're making friends, you ain't making money. <laughs> I love that one. That's pretty good. Oh, what do we got here? Oops. What well, we got it's here? an interview. It's an after, <laughs> an after race interview. Oh, it's great with no audio. I can't hear it. It's like we green screened it here or something. Yeah, what did they? I don't know. What is it? No. I was I would have been here for this. I don't even know where they are here. Yeah, but there's <laughs> It looks like they're in North Carolina somewhere. Yeah, there's like trees in the you know, that's not in Vegas. That must be yeah, they, uh, they must have green screened it. Wow. <laughs> well, Tyler Hooks was in here, wasn't he? Well, yeah, they were both. Uh, this is from the race. Yeah, no, I mean, Tyler race. was in the chat. He could have told yeah, us. Yeah, that. That looks yeah like maybe a... he could tell us. Hmm. I mean, I don't think anything looks like this in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> they're, on right. cloud, they're on cloud nine. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so that race finished up. Uh, E-Buggy, 10-minute main, was... Uh, Dakota one, Spencer second. 
Mason Fuller third, who really probably between the three of them, the hottest, well, three of, if not the three hottest racers kind of going right now. For sure. I was checking out the uh, Agama buggy here. Yeah, this is the, I think they call it the N1. Is that what it is? Uh, Gama N1 Nitro Competition Buggy Kit. And this is where you can pre-order it. And it says the first allotment allotment is sold out. There you go. So you're out of luck. I have to buy one on eBay for more than it's, more than it's worth. <clears throat> Yeah, anytime you got laid down shocks like that, it just looks badass. Well, it's like the Predator. Yeah. Yeah, there's been several vehicles over the over the years um, using the lay down shocks and the so, uh, some kind of mechanism. Lay down to... shocks always made sense to me. But I guess it yeah, I guess it's uh a little difficult, right? Well, there's compromises with everything. Um, but you, you think know, with, with lower center of gravity, it would yeah, I mean that's yeah, I mean that's one of the basis of, of a lot of the racing. But you know, there there are compromises you have to do to do this type of stuff. So you have to weigh what what you're getting out of it, what you versus what you're giving away to do it. So. No Dana, only Zool. Uh, Ron saying, uh, what happened with JQ? Does he mean the uh, car? The I, I the, honestly, were I don't know. Were they at the race? The uh, well, the Mayako, they had some Mayako drivers. He might have to clarify about what happened with JQ. I'm not sure, but... Oh. Um, but there was some Mayako drivers. Obviously, Tebow is their number one here. Oh, okay. In the U.S., and he didn't he didn't really have a good race, to be honest. Uh, his best result was I think he was in the e buggy A main. Is that what it was, or was it Truggy? He only made one of three A mains, and traditionally Tebow would be a guy all you know uh, in the top. Well, if you're going to take 16, he, to me, he's a guy that's in the top half of that. So didn't have a great weekend. I talked to him right at the end. He was really, really frustrated um, with the weekend. But he has, you know, he announced his retirement before the year started. <clears throat> well, not I'm sorry, not before the year started, but while the year was going, he was talking about this is going to be his last year as a pro racer. I, I think sometimes people misinterpret what that means, but I think what it means to me, like to me, Masami is retired, but all he does is post videos of him driving RC cars. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, and he's like, sometimes he's racing sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, you retired from being a professional, I guess you could say. It doesn't mean that you still don't drive cars or, 
compete occasionally, but you retired as being a professional. So it's like, you know, if you're a, a you know, a football player or something, you know, and like say it's Tom Brady or Brett Favre or one of these quarterbacks, you see them doing commercials where they're throwing, you know, passes and, you know, whether it's for Skechers or for, you know, some brand or, you know what I mean? Like right. they still actually, they kind of do it. They kind of, you know, they still are involved in the sport, but they don't do it professionally. Right. So if he retires as a pro, can he go down in the amateurs and just beat them all up? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, about that. If he races, he would still be in the pro class. So. Well, I just thought maybe since he's saying he's retired, maybe the, you know, we're reading into it. Like I'm retiring as a pro, but then like he returns in a month and he's beaten up on these amateurs. <laughs> he's in the intermediate class. Yeah. Well, I'm done. Guy. I'm not racing for anybody. I'm buying my own stuff. <sighs> yeah. I mean, technically, <laughs> technically, you know, the way some of these things work, it, a lot of people could do that. Well, why is he leaving, though? I mean, how old's uh, Tebow? Well, he's 36. But what, what would be a reason for, I guess you just don't want to travel no more? Mm, I think what it is, is you, I mean, you I don't really want to. Maybe well, you don't no, have the love for it anymore, and you feel like you should just. Well, there's there's out. there's multiple things. Um, the, you know, there's multiple parts to this equation. <clears throat> if. If you're a professional doing something, it means that you're getting paid, right? Now, all these races have pro classes, but there's maybe only like six guys there that actually get paid to race. So the whole – everyone kind of uses this term pro kind of a little loosely in my opinion. But there, at the, a lot of these races, there might only be six guys there that actually get paid to race. They're really the true pros. Um, so a guy like Tebow is one of those guys that's always been paid to race ever since he's probably been 14 or 15 years old. He's probably been paid something to race RC. So, um, and usually when you start to run out of companies that want to pay you to do it is when you decide that you're no longer a pro, right? That's my interpretation of how it works. So to me, if there are still companies out there that were willing to pay you to do it uh, month in and month out, what you're accustomed to making, you'd still be doing it because, um, but I think what's happened over time is uh, some of these opportunities aren't quite as available as they maybe were in the past. And I think that's m- part of the reason that some of these, some of the retirements happen. It's not because you, it's not necessarily because you don't necessarily want to do it anymore. It's because you're not being paid as a pro to do it. Hmm. So, you know, you're not going to go and do all these races for free and on your own dime because now you have to find out what you're going to do, you know, uh, 
to, to make the money again, right? Right. And he does have a plan. He's one of the, the racers out there. I know I've talked to him. He, he has a plan, and he's kind of excited. I would say that he's excited about the next phase for him more than a lot of other guys. When I talk to him, he's just like, I'm kind of excited about going about this a little different way than the actual just driving. I think there was a time where he was really, really into being a pro RC driver for a living. And I think now he feels like he's in a position where he wants to do something else um, for a living. So. (laughs) That's what I see. I mean, he's still an incredible driver. Uh, and I'm sure if his, what I see is I see part of it is of what you're talking about is it's, it's not that your heart's not in it, but it's not as much in it. <laughs> not as much. Okay. You have to be willing to put your heart and soul on the line for these things for anything in competition. And, and I think it does get a little old after a while, uh, living those ups and downs and you're looking for a way to do it. And, you know, you still love it. You still like the, the equipment, the cars, but what you like about it most also is also winning. And if you're not winning or you're a lost, the ability or the drive to, to put your heart and soul on the line like that, then it is time to not do it at not that level anymore. You know, you kind of have to do it on the Masami level. Um, so, uh, you know, he's still driving the cars. He's still going out promoting who he's working for. And, right. Um, Big, uh, but, 10 different Facebook accounts. And yeah. <laughs> he's still doing that. And, but he's not having a, you know, he's not getting paid to only be a driver and and the uh, and going to do these world events and everything else. He had he had to stop doing that because, well, one, you're no longer 25 years old, right? Mm. And uh, when most of the people peak in this, that's probably the age you're in, you know, 25 to 30 years old, and. Uh, you know, Masami's in his 50s, I think. Uh, so, and, so yeah, got to start thinking about those things. Hey, congrats on the uh, 20 years, by the way. You're wearing a 20-year shirt there. Yep. Thanks. 2003. 2003. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we debuted the first body. And the BJ4 at the uh, 2003 Worlds. It's been a long run. Yeah, we're talking about here is a new body release, the S15 Truggy body. Spencer has it here on his E-Truggy, but it's four Nitro and E-Truggies. Only one body fits a ton of different applications, which is kind of nice. You got to see him driving it around a little bit on the 
that was the Nitro Challenge track, that kind of the abbreviated version. Um, because of the the big track rained out, so we had to run under the roof here. So this was oh, this okay. was the make this was the makeshift track Joey built inside. Wow! And this is what we raced Nitro Challenge on. So this is Spencer Spencer driving this e truggy, and you can see the whole back straightaway here is actually asphalt. He comes off of that roller. That back straight oh, right is asphalt. Yeah, it's asphalt. Wow! So this is all dirt they moved over from the other track inside this building and they, the back straightaway they, they used was like a all European asphalt. track. <laughs> it was actually really nice. We got to be able to race. And at the end, it seemed like it, it went pretty well. Um, sure. It's not the big track. The big track was amazing, but I mean, it was so underwater. It was like rain. It rained every day. We were there. Which is kind of why the Silver State race blew up, because I think in, in general people look forward to this Dirt Nitro Challenge more than Silver State. But this year they saw the weather of um, the area was, for whatever reason, the whole entire week just showed rain, and it scared some entries off. But I think... Uh, you know, and everybody was just, at first they were just kind of saying, yeah, we still think we're going to race. We still think we're going to do this. It's like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> Not on the big track. I think I said this before, but when we were, we were there, we actually got to practice. Uh, the racers got to practice on the big track at Nitro Challenge. And... It was amazing, um, and I'm standing there watching. Joey walks up next to me, and he's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Oh man, the tracks are great. Looks really good." He's like, "Yeah, I don't think we'll be racing on this though." I'm like, oh, <laughs> "You're like, yeah, uh, what?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, we'll be racing over there," and there was just a bunch of dirt in that covered area. There was nothing done yet. So we're having a practice on the big track, and he's just standing there, just super cool. No, you know, not really under any stress at all. And he's like, yeah, I think we'll be racing over there tomorrow, though. And I look over there, and there's just a bunch of mounds of dirt. And I'm thinking, <laughs> so when's the track going to get done? Yeah, right. And they worked on it a little bit all day. Uh, just here and there, Anthony Westergaard, I think he was busting his ass over there working on stuff. Then Joey would go over and, you know, you'd look over there every couple hours and a little bit more would be done. A little bit more would be done. And just thinking, hmm, I wonder if this is actually going to work. And pretty soon, um, you know, we're, I think I'm back at the hotel looking at my phone and, Joey posts, yep, track's ready. We'll start over there tomorrow at like 7 a.m. And, you know, pipes down, jumps are done. Built a little scoring booth for Jimmy. All the banners are up. And you're just thinking, God damn. What the hell? In one day, you know, they had a, you know, a nice group of people. But it's like, I mean, it's one thing to build a track in a couple days. But essentially, they built a track in one day. So. <laughs> 
it shows you how fast you can get it done and have a track when you really have to, but it was just, to me, it was just so funny. We're sitting there watching the practice on the big track and he's just like, yeah, I think we'll be racing over there though. And I'm like looking and thinking there is no track. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to do this? But, but it was done. Well, credit to him. Yeah. Yeah, so now we get, you know, the Roar Carpet Nationals a couple weeks ago. That was great over at Beachline. Now we had the Silver State. Uh, now we're, uh, we got our race next, uh, well, this coming week is in Virginia at Adrenaline RC. We're having our spring indoor nationals over there. This is for 10th scale. That's in Virginia. Okay. Uh, week after that. I believe is the, I don't know if there's a week in between or not. Nationals, right? Well, there's, there's a, a race in between that. They're actually having the world's warm up at a hobby action. The world cup. No, no, no. This is the world's oh. warm up for 10 scale. Okay. So this is an, uh, at hobby action in Arizona, they have the, a world's warm up. And then it's the Roar Nationals in Chico for eight scale. I thought we were calling uh, Warm Up World Cup now. Uh, no, that's the. Oh, that's, that's only if you're introducing a new class. Right? Correct. Got yep. it. So the e buggy event that's going on late this year, that's going to be called a World Cup. So uh, the world's warm up. Is that the the layout that we're going to be using at the Worlds? No. Hmm. No, it'll be an all-new layout again at the actual Worlds. How can you do that to them? Well, I mean... It, uh, Remember, we used to talk about that, like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> What's the yeah, point? I mean, yeah, well, the the really the idea is, when you go to a warm-up, is to... Uh, Get used to the facility. The it's, dirt. It's the it's the dirt. It's right, really you dirt. drive on you drive on the track and you drive on the dirt. You run the control tires, and that's where your comfort uh, is from. So basically, you'll know. Oh, we got to use this tires regardless of the layout. Well, it's you know what they feel like because right. the tires are controlled. So you'll run those oh. at the warm up. Oh, that's run right. Those what am tires. I are we running uh, J Concepts? No, the the world's is going to be AKA ten scale tires. What? Yep. We lost the uh, bid. Actually, turned it down. Oh, we turned it down. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, turned it down. Actually, turned it down. <clears throat> Get the bid. There was several reasons. Not really a bid. It's just more of like. Um, you know, we're we're close with uh, so Larry you, and everybody at Hobby Action, and they asked us about it. And I actually said that I'd prefer that they would choose somebody else because, you know, we have some great racers that are from there. And I'd rather not be involved in the tire side of it for the control tire because um, I just think that there's less hassle for us and – you know, less. We well, can concentrate more on the race then. 
Well, yeah, and it's just the race. yeah, and there's just uh, there's less because no matter what happens at these races, somebody always says, "Oh, these guys are cheating," or "That's cheating," and it's well, like that all that never ends. So for us, I kind of felt like, well, if we just didn't do, you know, um, I didn't want to be involved in the control tires because we have several fast guys that will be there. And I felt like that would be something somebody would say that, oh, oh, those guys are cheating, you know, somehow. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? If they're not using our tires, we're not involved. So, yeah. Ernie used to be so frustrated with that. He used to come in and say, like, you know, what's what I know, like, he would be, what's the point of this? We win and we get accused of cheating, you know? Yeah. He, he got pretty frustrated there. <coughs> mm-hmm. And we are all like, what? Remember that? It was like 2003-ish. I'm trying to see. Oh, I'm trying to, I was watching the video going on here. See, I don't know how you see any of that on your phone. That's got to be tiny. I'm like, hey, what track is this? Okay. No, <laughs> so this video is the recon tire. Yep, this is the a promo video we made with the recon tire. Uh, Hannah and Tyler filmed a lot of the uh, the little interview stuff with the drivers talking about the tire. Mm-hmm. Um, and this video is actually from the the national A main. Or I'm sorry, actually that's what this is here. But this is from the Roar Nationals last year, um, showing Dakota in Mayfield and the guys running with the recon tire here at the Roar Nats. I say this all the time, but this was another hard track. <laughs> that was at uh, Adobe. Adobe. So then, you know, Tyler's talking to Dakota here and they're kind of going over some aspects of the recon tire. You know, I was thinking I actually could turn the volume up for that. It wouldn't be so annoying. Yeah, that's okay. It's, <clears throat> they can always go back and watch this if they want. Yeah. It's actually a lot of good info in this particular thing that um, with Tyler talking to the drivers here and getting their take on this tire and how it kind of works and which direction to run it in. and All of some good stuff. Okay, well, Silver States. Wrap it up. That one that one's over with. Fantastic event. We won three out of the four pro classes. Marco Barofalo Marco Barofalo uh, won the pro buggy. Um, and I think we, we won set our team won seven classes overall and then we had another driver I met there who won the Sportsman e-buggy. So we actually won eight classes there uh, at Silver State. It's a good race. I mean, it's just there's a lot of classes, a lot of time, but everyone enjoys it. Uh, definitely recommended to go. But, you know, spend a little time wrenching and getting your cars ready and out on the track. But spend a little time going other places, too. Maybe keep you from getting sick like me. <laughs> yeah, best of luck. 
so we got that race done, and then we're going into our INS event the coming weekend and at Adrenaline RC. Looking forward to going there again. Uh, then we got the so this is the e truggy you got up now from Silver State. But and like we said, like uh, the World Warm Up, which is going to be a hobby action for 10 scale, and then. Roar Nationals for 8-scale uh, at A-Main's uh, outdoor track. So uh, it's been a while. been a long time since we've been out there uh, to A-Main's track. So looking forward to doing that. It's another race here where Mason Fuller, 10-minute um, main here. He didn't make one mistake. No crashes, no turn marshals. Spencer... Uh, stayed in second here the whole time and really he made a nice little run towards the end um, picked up got kind of close but 10 minutes was over so we got the top three here Mayfield gets third here in each rug so oh. there's Felong was actually in second he crashed right there so now that's Mason in the lead Spencer second the white truck is Yao Figueredo, and then I think Mayfield's fourth right there. So he gets by Yao, and uh, this is the best, actually, Mayfield's run with the Techno E-Truggy. I think he kind of thought it was going to be maybe an easy transition from one E-Truggy to another, but this is probably one he struggled with the most, surprisingly, and this is probably his best run. So far with the Techno E-Truggy, and maybe he can kind of build on this uh, towards that Roar Nationals later this year for the E-Classes. He always does amazing at that event, so it'd be nice to see him at, at least at the top of his game when he gets there. So we still got, and this is a great class. Like, I just see this getting bigger. Hmm. Uh, E-Truggy, it's, it's awesome. You can, you got the big tires, you got. The drivability is just insane with these things. You can hop the pipes, which the drivers love. When you crash, they just drive all over the pipes. That's amazing to me because, I, like I said, I, I just thought like a few years ago, like when I was at LCRC, guys were just kind of like, some guys were just like, ah, e-buggy, e-truggy. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, and now it's, it's like, big. So what's getting better now? You said the... All the electronics yeah. are a lot better. Than they were like five years ago or whatever? Yeah, they're definitely better than five years ago and way wow. better than they were 10 years ago. Hmm. So those, you know, they, to... yeah, they run a, in a 10 minute main, depending on the size of the event, they might run, you know, double. I've seen them run triple mains before, like the roar Nats, they'll run triple 10 minute mains. Um, this is a good class. Hmm. All these E classes are pretty cool. Uh, you know, when I was watching it from home, I was just like waiting for the nitro. You know, I was just like, ah, ease up. I'm going to bail out here. It's weird how things change. Yeah, I mean, uh, I still love general, the pit stops and everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard that. to it's now, hard to it's hard to beat that longer race with the pit stops. But yeah, it's just so cool. But this is is definitely has another has another uh, purpose out there. All right. Well, that was Silver State, and then uh, you got a race coming up this weekend, or uh, next weekend, right? Well, it actually so. is this week. 
uh, we'll, we'll on Thursday we'll go up to El, uh, not El Oh yeah, I'm not used to recording on Sundays. But, I thought it was Thursday. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll go up to Adrenaline this right, Thursday. Adrenaline. Hannah's home track. Yep, and then we'll be back on Monday after the race, and we'll recap that before you leave for the other one. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to go to the the world warm up. Oh, you're not going. Uh, no, because we're the, the Roar National is so close afterwards. So, okay, but but, but we'll recap it. You're not going to take the wheelbarrow around the track and get no. dirt samples. No, you can have somebody else do that for you. We've been there a thousand times already. Well, maybe uh, Larry got different dirt samples or dirt uh, got different dirt. He's going to move in the loamy dirt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to bust out those four rows and X patterns that they're talking there about. There you go. <laughs> that would be a shakeup. All right. Well, we so. thank everybody for joining us. Yeah. Thanks again. Back. Um, you can also, if you're listening to the audio version, check us out on YouTube and Facebook. Give us a like, share, subscribe. It really helps us out. Then you can tell when we go live. There you go. And we'll be back with uh, getting a little bit more consistent. We'll be back hopefully next week. And Jason can give us a lowdown on what happened at Adrenaline. That's right. And I think there was one question we got online. Uh, I'll have to dig that out. Was and, it up here, you mean? Or Oh, you mean uh, somebody sent you one? No, I, I think they put it on the post when you had the... Uh, the other day, somebody oh, put a yeah. question on there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, you know what? I should hit that up real quick. I don't mean to. Um, I could go type in there too, but. That was from Joe Zare, I believe, had a uh, question in there. That sounds right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I got a uh, little feedback there. Well, we got Justin Doyle. He wants uh, the uh, cookie recipe. I'm assuming he wants Grammy Gotti's cookie recipe. I mean, who doesn't? Uh, Jake Engstrom says he's glad to see that we're back. Good old Jake. Big he's supporter. Big, big supporter of the podcast and always touring St. Petersburg, Florida down there. <laughs> we, we get all the updates of him going to all these restaurants. Yeah. We actually like, have to just ask him the good places to go to. He would know brunch, lunch, I, dinner. He's got it all. Well, from the looks of it, I can't afford to go to any of those places that Jake goes to. Well, I mean, you do, get those, stuff. you do get those sheet subs. Those things aren't cheap. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Joey's there running the uh, Ran Out of Talent podcast. That's another one you guys could go check out. Uh, two in two weeks. He was shocked that we were coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. I have a question for Jason. Uh, do you think releasing the new trucks now will carry into fall indoor seasons or season or will – all the excitement be gone by the time that comes around. So what he's talking about is Associated is releasing a T6.4, I believe, and a SC6.4, which is a new short course and a new stadium. Wow, track. they're still doing short course. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, you know, hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> personally, <laughs> I think it's the excitement will wear off <laughs> just because I think, you know, Wait, what so was really kind of neat was 
we were the Roar Nationals, the Roar Nationals this year <laughs> on carpet, right? Was actually really cool watching Spencer, Dakota, and Brock race stadium truck on carpet. Um, that was actually really neat. It was kind of motivating to see that there was some good stadium truck action, and that wasn't the only. They also had a thirteen five class that was good too, but um, that Doug Larivier. We'll say that's his last name. I think I told, I asked him if that was how he pronounced it. He's like, it was close enough. Anyway, <laughs> he won 13, five, but, uh, the stadium trucks looked pretty good on carpet. They're kind of fun. I just don't know if that excitement though, for the new kids is going to last that long. Um, there's nothing like the buggies right now, two wheel and four wheel, but, um, I'm really looking for something else from the stadium trucks. They need to be a little bit more different for me. I'd like to see a little bit, um, a little more innovation with the trucks in general. Cause they're basically just taking all the newest buggy parts, putting them on. And then, you know, that's what they used to do in the old days. Yeah. But for some reason in that generation, uh, there was several times when the trucks came out before the buggies, they were so popular. Uh, but they're definitely missing something. And, and it's not a new thing. They've been missing something for quite a while. But uh, I, I think Stadium Truck is the one that is lasting right now. The short course as a race scene is definitely not uh, as big as we've talked about several times, but I do think that the, the energy will kind of fizzle out again until something really happens um, with those trucks that make them a lot more exciting or different. Like uh, I, I have no idea what you can do other than uh, Nick saying, uh, lay down shocks on the trucks. <laughs> I mean, you could do that, but well, what you else know, you, you do? You, yeah. I mean, there's some things that you, I think there's something we could do, but I don't want to go into it right now. All right, yeah, we'll be here for another hour or two. Yeah, we can we can talk we can talk about it. we can have it as a topic. We just put it in your notes. All right, next pod, and then we'll talk about what I think could be done. Jason Santos is saying maybe put white parts. There you go. You know, <laughs> he make it look like an RC ten T. And I mean, because in the '90s, stadium truck was amazing. They actually it was they awesome. Worked. The the ish to me, what happened? And we've talked about this before. The buggies today work better than they ever have. But to me, the trucks don't work better than the buggies. That was the advantage of before. In the old days, was the stadium trucks were easier to drive, and they were actually worked better. But now all the buggies are amazing. So I think the advantage of the stadium truck has kind of gone away a little bit. So it needs a little bit of a, a mix-up, a little flair. It needs some roar rule tweaks mm. uh, with the length of the truck to help. Um, but, I mean, my most collectible vehicle that I love is I'm a sucker for an RC10T team truck with white a arms, there you a go. Black chassis. Um, as uh, <clears throat> you know, me and you 
when we were at the vintage Nats, uh, those years back, that was the truck I was running, but that was my favorite truck. Um, but they don't really, you know, that's not the kind of racing we're doing now. And, um, they, they need a little bit of work, wow. uh, but watching Spencer Dakota and Brock run at the nationals was motivating and on the carpet, they looked pretty good. So maybe there's some hope for stadium truck. I don't really hold out any racing hope for short course other than it's still a great entry level class. It's still a great, um, it's still a great class of pockets of areas, but, um, I mean, nothing to me will be like, I mean, short course in 2000, like 10, 11, 12, and 13, um, man, it was awesome. Those four years were so good. Uh, and then it just kind of fell off, but man, there was, there was three or four years that short course was so cool. Um, and now it's kind of back to maybe stadium truck being a little cooler again, but. Uh, Bill Collins is saying that trackside uh, short course is uh, a good class there. Which is great. Uh, it's nice that they do have it. And that's maybe the reason why you have the associated still making a vehicle uh, to sell. Uh, it seems like other companies have pulled out completely. Uh, and it's nice that they still they have one in there. Uh, Nick DeVito saying, speaking of vintage Nats, it's the second weekend of September this year. Be there or be square. I guess I'll be square. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the same time as the world's? I mean, the world's is I September might not. Actually, actually be, yeah. It might actually be. Um, Jason Santos is saying, yeah, a month earlier than I thought it was going to be. I thought I had it. I thought I heard October. I guess he's speaking about the vintage Nats. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, uh, world the problem with the, the problem with the vintage Nats is it's not on a vintage track. That's the problem with the vintage Nats is it would be nice if it was outside on like a, cool outdoor track it would just be that much better for me like oh, okay i don't know it's my thing like so jason um santos uh that at pit stop hobbies do they do a vintage track for the well it's outdoors uh um, well it's out yeah but i mean it's outdoors which is nice uh, i'm not so sure you know the surface is kind of you know the surface ranges depending on how the weather is I would assume is most all outdoor tracks are, but I mean, to me, when I, I see vintage and I think vintage, I, I do want to run outdoors, uh, with, uh, with some off-road tires. Um, uh, that's what I'd like to see. All right. Matt checking in on YouTube. Uh, by the way, make sure you go over there, hit subscribe. Uh, when will you plan on tending vintage Nats next? Well, probably we'll if- next year. <laughs> Well, no, probably if it was uh, organized at a cool vintage style outdoor track, that's probably when I would do it, hmm. considering there's no other. Where's it held at now? It's in. Uh, I think uh, it's, at, it's at RC Excitement in Fitchburg, okay. Massachusetts, on their indoor track. I think it's been there maybe the last, I would say, at least. 
three or four years. Is Eric Reichert still running that? Yeah, which is oh, okay. it's a nice track. We've raced raced there a ton um, years ago. It's a great track, but if I'm going to do vintage, I kind of I kind of just want to do it how we used to do it, you know. Outdoor, uh, Jason is saying he thinks outdoor is an issue with the weather. It is that that's the I was the the problem. Yeah. Um. How about we re- recreate the? Here we go. Recreate the '96 oh, no. Nationals track from Wagon, and then uh, <laughs> I don't know. That'd be awesome if we could recreate it at the actual location. But there's video out there. Get that track. Well, what you need, you need all the elevation on the right side. That's what kind of made that track kind of neat. Yeah. But if you could do that, how awesome would that be? Then. I'll show up for that. It'd really be you. vintage. <laughs> that would be real vintage. I mean, how that's very, that's many layers of vintage, right? Right. Cause it's like, it's, you're calling it a vintage nap to begin with, but then you have a vintage track <laughs> of a vintage <laughs> nationals. I don't know. It's too complicated. Uh, Jason, uh, what, question uh matt says what would be your car to use at the vintage nats uh rc10 world's car um outdoors is truly vintage remember rocks and dog in dog bones wind etc yeah definitely the rocks picking out the rocks pit stop hobbies in mount joy pennsylvania it's pretty good. We get the vintage cars around there pretty well. Yeah, that's the. There you go. I, I mean, when I seen that track, I talked to Jason about it. I mean, it's, it looks like a great track, a one that I would like to run at. It's that kind of look. And I, I was going. Uh, actually, I was down in that area not too long ago. Well, I had to go to the Harrisburg Airport, and um, I went past Mount Joy the exit and i took a photo of the exit and sent it to jason <laughs> i'm like are we racing or what uh pins and ribs okay well we were supposed to end this show a while ago but uh everybody loves talking about it. anytime we get on topic of vintage and everybody starts chiming in so everybody loves it's, vintage it man. is it is so well we'll hit it up on the next pod we'll talk about uh and one more question, Jason, before we bail. Matt's saying, what current J-Concept tires are good in outdoor dirt tracks? Uh, we got Double Ds and Double Ds V2 are probably the, the best pin tires for dirt 10 scale. And you might either run rips on the front, which is like a rib front, or we also have Double Ds for the front too, but that's more of an aggressive front, but... I like the double D's in the rear, the V2 version, and if it gets a little more blue groove, you can go to the uh, the Sprinter rear tire. Right. I like double D's also. All right, we we uh, appreciate you joining us, and we will definitely catch you in the very near future. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.